What's up and how are you? This is Sean Neville's podcast host for the Shape America podcast and the Shape America 2021 convention has gone virtual and it's our pleasure to have you join us Tuesday, April 13th through Saturday, April 17th for the same quality professional learning, networking opportunities and the chance to kick back and have fun from the comfort of your office or at home. Join us for five days of fun as you hear from our guest speakers and witness some of the best professional development our industry has to offer from the best in the field and also several engagement opportunities, including wellness sessions, coffee talks, and lunch and learns. Register now and let's make the 2021 Shape America Virtual Convention one you won't forget. Thanks for listening and enjoy this episode of the Shape America podcast starting now. What's up and how are you? This is Sean Nevels, your host for the Shape America podcast. And um, the week of February 8th, Monday, February 8th through Friday, February 12th, we have designated as Why I Love PE Week. And on to talk about that, I have two distinguished professors in the house for our listening audience, Dr. Risto Martinen, from assistant professor from George Mason University and Kevin, Dr. Kevin Andrew Richards, Assistant Professor uh, of Kinesiology and Community Health from the University of Illinois. I actually almost applied there one time. <laughs> gentlemen, 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 how are you both doing today? Good, good. Thanks for having us on. Uh, very, very happy to be on my first ever Shape America podcast. So thanks for, thanks for having us. Yeah, same. Really appreciate the opportunity to come and, uh, and talk to you a little bit, Sean, and, and share a little bit about uh, why I love PE Week. For sure, for sure. It's always a pleasure to have, you know, different views on different perspectives. So, Dr. Martinin, Risto, we'll start with you. Just tell us about your journey to this point. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've uh, been interested in recruiting for a, uh, for a number of years, basically being in, uh, in a program that, you know, always needs to grow. Um, I think health and physical education in general has seen a huge decline over, over the last 10 years across different universities. Uh, there are very few universities that are thriving and increasing their numbers uh, and have high numbers, but a vast majority of even teacher education programs uh, have been declining over the years. So uh, we wanted to get a little bit more proactive in our recruitment. And so, um, you know, I, I was asked to join the task force for Shape America on recruitment and retention that um, Kevin was on and now is a liaison with Shape, Shape America. So, um, you know, I, I think the, the way I got into this is really, I was asked to take a more proactive step and be a part of a group of people doing it together on a national level versus being on a uh, individual level of trying to just recruit for our university at George Mason. And Kevin, yeah, go ahead, Kevin, go tell us about it on your end. Uh, yeah, so um, I, I think I first became interested in this topic back when I was in grad school in like 2013, 2014. Um, at that point, Purdue University, where I was doing my PhD, um, had made the decision to put their physical education teacher ed program on hold. Um, and so, you know, that all happened and played out in real time while I was there. And, and I kind of witnessed, 
it started to bubble up and then it got to a point where it was pretty clear that the, the program um, was going to be uh, put on hold or discontinued. Um, and, and, you know, that just kind of raised my awareness to the fact that, hey, you know, this can happen anywhere. Purdue has a long standing tradition of, of great physical education teacher ed going all the way back to the you know, early 1900s. Um, it's been kind of a staple on that campus uh, throughout much of its existence. And, um, you know, uh, we, we, because of falling enrollment numbers and, 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 and pressures on universities, these, these types of things are becoming more common and, and uh, are happening more often. So um, I, I was, uh, I, I kind of got tuned into it for that reason. And then I started to, um, to write a little bit about it and study it. Uh, primarily through the lens of occupational socialization uh, the theory, which kind of helps us understand, um, you know, why people want to be teachers and how effectively we train them. And then on the, on the backside, you know, what their lives or careers are like in schools. Um, but, but using that theory, we can kind of understand, you know, why people and how people get recruited into physical education. Um, and, and that's really, uh, I think, where I've kind of been with it. So Risto, I'm gonna go back to you. You mentioned something and that's being more intentional. You kind of got into this to be more intentional to recruit uh, teachers and you know future professionals. Now, we all know, especially when we talk about education, it's not a unique circumstance to health and physical education, right? Um, when we talk about, you know, the lack of teachers in the workforce now, and then, you know, future professionals coming into these universities. But obviously we work in the space of health physical education, so we'll just keep it to what we do best. Uh, but why is it important, back to your point of being intentional, why is it important now to be intentional to really engage future professionals, you know, students that may be thinking about going this route, why is it important to engage them more than ever? I think there's a huge teacher shortage. I mean, uh, and a couple of years ago, Virginia started with a thousand classrooms empty, equivalent of a thousand classrooms empty of teachers in general. And, you know, I, and I think we always get this uh, conversation from people who are in very highly competitive school districts. And they're like, there's no teacher shortage. Like I can barely find a job in this specific, you know, area. And I don't think that there is a teacher shortage in those specific communities, but in general that i mean every single one of our mason students gets hired right away they're they're asking us mid-semester do you have any recent graduates that are coming up and they're being highly recruited because the numbers just aren't matching and i think you know even more so and more broadly we need to be recruiting a more diverse group of uh group of students and um you know if you look at 1950s uh 90 of the u.s was white and that is not the student population anymore. And that is, you know, traditionally a teacher is in PE is a white male who is super interested in sports, but that's not the vast majority of students who are in PE. There are people who are definitely love sports, but there are people that love different activities, dance, gymnastics, lifetime physical activities. So I think that there's not just a need to put bodies in the room, right? That's one need. Like we need teachers. We also need teachers that are going to push PE to become a more uh, or a less marginalized subject, a, you know, a, a full of passionate teachers who are looking to, you know, make PE better than it is now. And I think that comes with active recruitment. And Kevin can talk about this a lot more because we just talked about this in his recent paper. He talks about actively recruiting 
the right type of teachers into the profession. Yeah, let's hear it, Kevin. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up, Risto. Um, you know, I think that, that uh, traditionally, uh, if you think about how um, college faculty members have, have recruited students into their classes, there might be some, or into their programs, there might be some of these kind of like episodic things that we do, like you go out and do like a career fair at a local high school, but, but those things are kind of scattered and there really isn't a whole lot of intentionality behind, you know, how we typically look to bring students into our programs. They just kind of show up. They, they get there, you know, we, we show up to teach, uh, you know, phys physical education 101 or whatever the equivalent class is, and you've got a group of students in front of you. Um, you know, things are changing though. I think that, that for um, physical education in particular, we have competitions that we didn't used to have. Um, it used to be that everybody who wanted to come into kinesiology, uh, if you go back to you know, 60s, 70s, and in, into the 80s even maybe, people who wanted to come into kinesiology did their undergraduate degrees in physical education, and then they specialized at, at, at the graduate and math, you know, PhD, the master's and PhD levels. Um, but, but now at the undergraduate level, things have become a lot more highly specialized. And so students who would have traditionally in past generations come into physical education now get to choose between, you know, physical education and pre-athletic training, pre-occupational therapy, strength and conditioning programs. So there are, there are all these different options. Um, and some of those options are really um, attractive to students. Uh, especially if they had, uh, you know, physical education that mirrors what Risto talked about, where it was kind of taught with a very kind of uh, straight white male perspective and, and focused mostly on team sports using teacher-driven pedagogies. Uh, if that's what they experience, then that might not be something that they see themselves doing. Um, so, you know, I, but, but then on the flip side, a lot of those uh, pre-professional programs are, are, are very competitive and students, you know, get through three years of a kinesiology undergraduate major uh, with plans on applying to occupational therapy school, but then realize that, you know, only 30% of applicants that apply to those programs get admitted. Uh, and, and so they get to the ends of their programs and, and, you know, they might not be able to take that next step that they were hoping to professionally, uh, which, which concerns me a little bit because I think a lot of those, those folks could be really good physical education teachers if we could find better ways to connect with them, communicate with them, and illustrate to them what physical education is and could be. You know, I never thought about the competition not necessarily just, you know, from different universities, but just even within these kinesiology programs, when I graduate, when I graduated uh, with my bachelor's and master's, I was, was at the same university. It was at the time, it was the Department of Health, Physical Education, Recreation and Dance. Well, you know, I graduated long ago now. Now it's the Department of Kinesiology. They've expanded their program and they still have that original physical education program, but they expanded their program. So you're right. There's just so many options now. It's not just physical education, not just health education. There's all these other things, you know, there's exercise phys, you know, exercise science, so many other different pieces to it. Um, so, you know, awesome. yeah. here's the thing, like you said, there's like a uh, back to Risto's point, there's always going to be students there. There's always going to be students. We, st we just need teachers. We're going to need teachers. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just, just going to throw out there, you know, I, to be clear, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing either. I think the rise of those other programs and specializations is a good thing. Um, I, I think that diversity, diversity within kinesiology departments can be a good thing if it's positioned, um, you know, appropriately, diversity in terms of content focus, that is. Um, but, you know, I think it does also position us as uh, health and physical education professionals wh where we need to kind of think about how we're bringing students into our program and who we're bringing into our programs a little bit more intentionally because students have more options than they used to. 
For sure. And at the end of the day, it all speaks to just general health. It's all about health. <laughs> you know, it's all in the field of health. So you're right. It's not a bad thing. We just, for our sake, we need those PE teachers. <laughs> all right. So that, that leads us, you know, really to the big point of this conversation. And that's about the Why I Love PE Week. So Risto, tell us about this Why I Love PE Week. Yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to have this kind of week-long activity instead of just having one podcast or having one tweet come out to talk about, hey, you should become a PE teacher. Um, you know, we've had a lot of outreach through Jopert articles, through Strategies articles, through peer-reviewed articles throughout the years. Um, and I think that where we're missing is we're not reaching that junior, senior, and high school. We're not reaching that uh, freshman or sophomore who is at a community college who is interested in coming out to a PEAT program or a health and physical education program. And we're missing the contact to the lost freshman on a college for your campus who's kind of, I'm not sure what I want to do. I wanted to be a PE teacher, but my mom told me not to. And my uncle told me it's a terrible career. But then they come into school and they're like, I really do want to do that. And I think the idea with this week-long program is that we can we can launch different things. So yesterday we started launching videos through the Shape America channel that talked about why PE teachers love um, what they're doing. Uh, we launched a podcast earlier this morning that Kevin was on with Susanna Dillon and Ingrid Johnson um, that we talked about Kevin and his colleagues' recent article about recruitment and uh, in higher education. And we're extending that to a Twitter chat tomorrow uh, uh, on the task force. We have some task force members, Crystal Williams, who is a teacher of the year, uh, Jamie McMullen from University of Northern Colorado Greeley, and, and, and I uh, will be doing a Twitter chat. Um, we have a Peak Collaborative, which is a group of uh, higher education faculty, but it's open to anybody, but it's mostly a higher education faculty in, in teacher education that we meet at 4 p.m. on Thursday to talk about recruitment and retention. We have different guest speakers that are coming in that have done research in that area to really urge us because as faculty members, we weren't ever trained, most of us were not trained in how to actually uh, recruit uh, students. That wasn't a part of our job. We learned how to do research. We learned, some of us learned how to teach classes. Other ones were just like, hey, you have a PhD, you can teach now, uh, but we weren't, we weren't taught in recruitment. So um, we're doing a lot of outreach and we want this to be a continuous thing. Uh, and that's where kind of Shape America came in and provided this platform with um, having this through, uh, through social media. For sure, Kevin, give us a little bit more on why I love PE Week. Yeah, you know, I, I think Risto did a really good job kind of overviewing um, uh, overviewing the week. I don't have a whole lot to add just in terms of, of what the week's going to look like, but but I'm I'm really excited about it as well. You know, I think that this is a, um, a, a really good way for, for Shape America to kind of come out and, and support um, not only physical education, teacher education programs, but, you know, future membership within the organization. When we recruit people into these PEAT programs, we're also recruiting, you know, future potential Shape America members. Members, uh, as they go on to become physical education teachers. So, you know, I, I think it's one of those uh, ways that universities and professional organizations like Shape America can really work together towards, you know, our, our common overarching goal of getting more high
highly qualified teachers into our schools so that the quality of instruction improves. Thank you. And here, here's the thing. What, let's kind of go off script. Now, what kind of host would I be if I had guests in this space talking about why I love PE week and I didn't ask you each individually why I love PE. So Kevin, I'm going to go to you first. Why do you love PE? Um, you know, when I was growing up, especially when I was really young, uh, physical activity and physical education was just one of the ways that I, I connected. I, I was, you know, to be completely honest, kind of a socially awkward kid. And I, I didn't have very large friend groups. Um, in part because of that, but physical activity was a way that I felt like I could communicate and I was good at it. So I was, I was good at hockey, ice hockey, and I was good at baseball, which were the sports I played growing up. And I played all the way up until high school, all the way up through college and even a little bit into, in, or all the way up in, uh, through uh, high school and then even a little bit into college. Um, but, but it was one of the kind of arenas where I found acceptance and I found like I was able to kind of build these peer relationships and, you know, I, I think initially it was just kind of like a natural thing for me to continue with that because it was a comfortable space. It was a safe space. But at the same time, you know, as I've gotten a little bit older and I've reflected back and thought more about it, you know, it's really meaningful to, to use these physical activity spaces as ways to, to um, help other kids like me who, who had trouble connecting in, in other environments. Yeah, I, uh, I I would say I, I was I had a little bit of an opposite experience than Kevin. I was not good at PE. Um, I was not the you know athletic person. I wrestled in college and I wrestled in high school. And I vividly remember my college uh, coach, who I love dearly. He's been he's a, such a good mentor to me. But my I think my senior year, he said in front of the whole team, "Look at Risto. He's probably the least athletic guy on this team, but he tries hard." And I'm like. That, that was, I, I understand the sentiment there, but I, I understand. Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't great at PE. So I relate a lot to that student who is striving to be good, who is trying but not having success. And I think, you know, I, I, I love teaching. I, I really knew from very early on that I wanted to become a teacher. And as that kind of progressed, you know, I don't, I didn't have a linear line of going through and finding out where I was. I knew that I was going to go here. I started a major in kinesiology, went to health science, got a master's in sports psychology, went to get a doctorate in physical education, taught at the elementary school level and went on to a university job. So I, I found my passion teaching future educators. And, um, you know, I, I feel like physical education is one of these topics that it's, it actually, if you do it right, you can have a significant lifetime impact on, on students and you can like make them live longer and live happier and, and not to knock history because if I would teach another subject, I'd probably teach history. But, you know, like history doesn't elongate your life and PE does if you do it right. No, yeah. no knocking history though. It's, a, it's important. History matters, yeah. It, it helps us for the present and the future, as we all would hope, right? But it's funny, it's funny, you know, going over your experience there, Risto. Um, I, I laughed and I took a note here. I said, Risto's basically, is that saying Rudy on the mat? The Rudy complex? That's pretty much. <laughs> Except I wasn't, I was very tall and lanky. I wasn't like the little short guy. Yeah, okay. Well, hey, you know, you, have, you still have to build, though. That's pretty awesome. Um, I, started, I started before my senior year, unlike Rudy. 
That that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, so you know one one thing that was mentioned here because we're talking about recruiting. We're talking about recruiting and retention. And one of the things when it comes to recruiting, especially for you know for careers, is it doesn't start when they reach college. You know when they're a freshman in college, and then they you know you start recruiting them. Then no, it starts in the classroom with those PE teachers when they're you know when they're in kindergarten. Then when they reach middle school. Then when they reach high school. And then you know those last years, junior, senior year of high school, on and then on. So this is a toss-up question. What strategies can professionals now, you know, teachers in the classroom, uh, instructors and professors in heat peak programs, what strategies can they do now to engage those future professionals and prepare them and get them engaged in, you know, a career in health and physical education? Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways to answer that question, Sean, um, which is a good thing, because I think that there's a lot that we can potentially do, um, regardless if, of if you're a, a pre-service teacher, an in-service teacher, a college faculty member, that there are things that we can all do to, to help with this and to, to more intentionally um, uh, it recruits students into our programs. Uh, you know, I, I think, as you said, it really starts with the physical education that they experience as kids uh, in a classroom themselves. What our, our early memories of physical education through the experiences that we have in grade school and into high school frame our point of reference or our understanding of what physical education is and is supposed to be. You know, when, when you're a, when you're a kid growing up and, and you see practice in a gym, you see a teacher using certain practices in a gym. You know, often you don't question whether or not those practices are appropriate, you just kind of take them for what they are and assume that that's what it is. And so if I see nothing but sport um, going on in the, the gym, I see, um, you know, uh, not, not very much organization, you know, more of like a non-teaching approach, then, then I don't know that, that that's going to necessarily be something that interests me unless I'm a kid who really enjoys sport and kind of wants to be a coach and sees teaching PE while coaching a, a viable opportunity. So first and foremost, it's, it's delivering effective practice, especially in the high school level, um, you know, framing quality physical education that's standards-based, uh, that's meaningful and progressive so that students in those classes get a good idea of what PE should be and then have a frame of reference to decide whether or not that's what they want to do for a career. Um, you know, the, the, the teachers are in the trenches to say, like to, for, for us in higher ed, like there are things we can do and there are things that we should do. But at the end of the day, uh, students are going to trust and look up to their teachers as role models far more than they're going to look up to people like Risto and I who they've never met before. Um, so, you know, extending that and, and then, you know, in being intentional about identifying and, and, and talking to students who might show promise or who, who might express interest, talk to them about what, uh, what your life is like a, as a PE teacher, give them examples, connect them with local universities, just, just being a little bit more intentional and in drawing those folks out. And then for us in higher ed, you know, I, I, I think one of the real limitations right now that we see as, a, as an entire profession is that we don't see each, we don't see each other and ourselves as agents of recruitment. I, I don't know that a lot of PE teachers think about themselves and their roles uh, and their responsibilities and would include recruiting future generations of PE teachers on that list. And, and, I, and I would argue that that needs to change. We need to all see the role that we play in this process and the ability that we have to, to pull you know, future generations in. And I think as PE faculty members, uh, one of the things that we can do is through our coursework as we enter, uh, um, educate the next generation of, of physical education teachers is impress upon them. It's 1230. Impress upon them and explain that part of their professional responsibility includes 
recruiting people in um, to the future. Yeah, and I I will add to the the things that Kevin just said because I think that that's exactly right. I think you know if 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 you pay attention to one thing that I say and you're a secondary teacher, just focus in on this one line. Ask a student that you know that has possibility of being a good teacher and just ask them a simple line. Have you ever thought about teaching? And just do that with one person. That's it. If you do it with five, that's amazing. But just start with one person. And that is the way that we can recruit. If you run a good program and you see that students are engaged in that program, ask them, have you ever thought about teaching? Because yeah. that is this like the little tiny seed that you plant and then they will ask you later of how to do it. But just, just ask that one thing. And I think that that's so important. Um, and I'm glad that you brought that up, Risto, and explained it that way. Uh, because I think that, that for both faculty and for, uh, and for in-service teachers, the idea of getting involved in recruitment sometimes feels really overwhelming. It's like, where do I even start? There, there's so many different things that I could do. I was never trained to do this. Like, it can feel really intimidating, but it really can just start with that one simple question. Have you ever thought about teaching? And then expand from there. And if you look at other examples that are out there, um, uh, Greg Burt, who teaches high school physical education in Washington State, he's a Shape America member, has been for a long time. Um, uh, you know, at, at one point, and I'm not sure if he's still doing this, he might be, but he was running a, a future teachers club at his high school where he had uh, students who would sign up to do like a club time with him. Um, and, and he just, the curriculum was all about, this is what being a PE teacher is like here, universities you can connect with. At one point, I think he had like 10 students in that club. So that's 10 potential future teachers that he's, he's kind of funneling through. He also has um, a wall of fame uh, in his school, which is where he has the pictures of all of his former students who have gone on to be P, uh, PE teachers. Um, and he's been teaching for 40 years. So he's got numerous people up on this wall. And then that's something like you walk by every day as a kid in his class right now. And you see like these, you know, I'm envisioning like gold stars with the teacher's names and photos. And that's, that's eye catching. That's a pretty amazing right there. So, but, but it doesn't yeah. have to start that way though, Sean, right? It doesn't have to start that way. You can build to that, but you can start really simple. Right, right. Just start simple in your classroom and you know, like you said, Kevin, the effective practices, you know, Risto, to your point, you know, asking that question, have you thought about teaching? That's, that's pretty amazing. Some good notes there to take away for everybody listening. All right. Well, gentlemen, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to add to the conversation? Um, anything else about why I love PE week and also how can the, the listeners follow you and follow along through the week? Yeah, um, I can I can start um, to find that other podcast when we talked about uh, with Kevin and um, and the colleagues on the task force. Uh, you can find that at Twitter on at the HPE podcast, and I'll put that out to uh, this morning. It came out at seven a.m. Um, and then um, you can find me if you look up on at the HPE podcast. You can find at Risto Martinen on Twitter. Happy to engage. I really hope. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, that tomorrow you'll join us on the Twitter chat. And if you just look up the Shape America uh, handle on Twitter, you can definitely find advertisements about when that is uh, specifically. Um, and you know, if you have a, a video that you want to post about why you love PE, put it up, tag Shape America on it, and uh, you know, let's let's get the word out. And again, 
You can just make that one step, whether that's you as a PET faculty member, that's going up to a student who's not a PE major and says, have, have you ever thought about teaching PE? Or as a secondary teacher in your uh, juniors and seniors, sophomores that, you know, planting that seed. So thanks, uh, Sean, for having us. Yeah, and, and Sean, my uh, my handle on uh, on Twitter is at karrichards14. So there's two R's in there, karrichards14. Um, and, and then I guess the only other thing that I would uh, I would kind of plug in and encourage people to consider engaging in um, this week is on Thursday. Uh, the the Pete Collaborative is meeting, and and if you uh, we meet over Zoom, and it's a it's a password protected meeting. Um, you know, we usually send invitations through email, uh, but if you're listening to this and you'd like to um, engage in that conversation, the Pete Collaborative is talking about recruitment and retention as well on Thursday. Um, if you if you message either Risto or I, we can get you on the email list and and make sure that you have the um, the uh, the credentials to get into the Zoom meeting. Um, but but other than that, Sean, I think this has been a great conversation. Really appreciate the opportunity to to have this platform to, to to share what we're doing and to encourage others to get involved yeah and uh i'd like to also just acknowledge the task force because the task force has been uh who's been working on this for for a while and getting all of these events set up so Susanna dillon ingrid johnson tan lingo uh luis sanchez martinez who's our student representative uh vic ramsey from new york city department of education and uh, Queens College, um, or your college, and Kevin Richards and Jamie McMullen, who are our liaisons with, uh, with Shape America. So uh, we've been meeting to get these things started and to build a toolkit. I know there's going to be some resources on Shape America's website that will help faculty recruit. So um, have a look out on those as well. So, And hopefully we're able to add those to the link to this podcast. So and thank you for shouting out the task force. A lot of the work we do in this realm is definitely team oriented. So shout out to the task force and to our doctors on the podcast today, Dr. Risto Martinet and Dr. Kevin Andrew Richards. Thank you for, uh, thank you for uh, coming on today. And also to Thanks. our listeners, yeah, and also to our listeners, stick around for the outro. Uh, I'll, I'll give you my why. So for our doctors in the house, Joey, our producer in the background, thank you so much for listening to Take Care. Take two. Thank you to Drs. Risto Martinen and Kevin Andrew Richards for joining us on the Shape America podcast to talk about why I love PE Week and for sharing their why. But before I let you go, let me take this time to share my why and give you three reasons. And, you know, these reasons go far beyond the physical aspect of health and physical education. So, so stick with me here. Reason number one of why I love PE is because it taught me discipline. The discipline to focus on doing the right things consistently, like eating right, exercising, getting a good night's sleep, though I'm not perfect at that one, but it also taught me to focus on the details of life, on the things that matter the most, and the fact that it's okay to say no and focus my discipline on the right things. Reason number two of why I love PE is because it taught me resilience. And if there's anything, anything we have learned through this pandemic is that we all can be more resilient. Um, 
and deal with the tragedies and the traumas that we all face during this time and thereafter. But PE gave me the resilience to move through life, roll with the punches, take the good and the bad, and deal with failure. Stare right in the face and say, I will do better. And reason number three of why I love PE is because it gave me purpose. On my journey to shape before I became a PE teacher, I started my college career as a sociology major, then transferred schools and became a criminal justice major. But I was lost in those majors. To me, they had no value. They just didn't fit me. So I spent one summer trying to figure it out. And then I came across the health and physical education program at the school I was at. And then I met my advisor and I can feel her passion. And then I attended classes and the professors shared that same purpose. And then so did my classmates. So consequently, as I enter the profession and I enter the field and I begin teaching, my work then had purpose, it had value, it had meaning. As I continue through this journey uh, and my path of purpose, I hope that you all listening will take the time to discover and reprioritize your purpose and then share your why. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share your feedback and rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and take care. This podcast was made possible through the national collaboration to promote health, wellness, and academic success of school-aged children, a 1601 cooperative agreement with the Dissenters for Disease Control and Prevention.